0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primitive Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey McLaire. So tomorrow is BC season opener at Alumni Stadium. We got Boston College going up against Northern Illinois tomorrow at 12 o'clock, noon kickoff at BC. I'll be at the game. I have Paul from Southie here with me. He's going to come in now and give his predictions on the game, maybe talk about some outlook for the whole season for BC. We'll give some predictions at the end for the season. But here he is. How we doing, Paul?
1: Good, Joe. How you doing this Labor Day weekend?
0: Good, thank you. You're doing well, huh? I appreciate you coming on.
1: Doing great. I can't wait for BC football. Uh, football all, all together is just a great time of year.
0: Well, we're already here, so tomorrow's the big day for BC, going up against Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois did struggle last season. They were 3-9. and nine. Uh, Didn't really get much going at all offensively, They only averaged. They have 27 points per game, so middle of the pack. Defensively, one of the worst in the country, giving up 33 a game, which was 115 out of 131 last year. So couldn't really get much going either side of the ball. Offense was a little better than the defense. Their quarterback, Ricky Lombardi, missed some games last season. We were just talking to him before we got on here. He had five touchdowns uh, throwing last year, five touchdown passes in a pick. Also added in a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, he'll be back with them tomorrow as a starting quarterback. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But as BC, though, Big game tomorrow, Emmitt Moore is now the full-time starter, which he kind of got the role midway through last season with Phil Drakovic going down with an injury. He's now the full-time starter. What are you expecting out of him, the offense in general? Obviously, no Zay Flowers anymore. It's a big loss, first-round pick to the Ravens. But good for Zay. He deserves it, obviously. But now this offense has to figure out a way to score without him. And they bring in a guy like Ryan O'Keefe from UCF. That's going to be a big part of the offense. Maybe play a similar role to Zay Flowers. Jaden Williams is back. And then, obviously, Patrick Gawar did struggle last season in the backfield. They need something out of him.
1: Well, everything's going to come down to their biggest weakness all of last year, and that was the offensive line. Just have Mahogany back, hopefully for the whole year. I feel like he's going to be a first-round pick, just like Zion Johnson was, B.C., the old offensive line factory. Um, So if the offensive line can play like I think they can this year, guys getting older like Trapillo, but they picked up a couple of transfer portal guys, I think one from Texas State and one from Michigan. So this this offensive line should take a huge step forward Therefore, Garwell should run the ball better. Therefore, Mo- Moorhead should have more time. Therefore, he can utilize his weapons. I expect a big turnaround with the offense. Um, I-, I like what they picked up in Ryan O'Keefe. He seems like he could be a game-breaker. Um, the tight end looks like another uh, in the long line of B.C. tight ends that have made the pros from Hunter Long. George Takis you talking George about? George Takis. Was he the Notre Dame transfer a couple was years the ago? the Notre Dame transfer, correct. Yep. I mean, he-, he looks like he's got great hands, good blocker. Um... And, and the wide receiver uh, crew looks like it has some death with Tomlin. Um, Joe Griffin coming off, what, a freshman year last year? Yeah, he, he looked year. like he was a big play guy as a freshman. He might not have the, all the speed in the world, but he's got great hands and he's got size. So uh, offensively, I, I think BC is ready to uh, turn the page on a three-win season. I hope so,
0: considering last year obviously was a down year for the Eagles, being just 3-9 and nine, and really struggling offense. Only 17.8 points per game for BC. That was just about bottom 10 in the country last season, 122 out of 131. And then we gave up 30.3 points per game, which was, what, which was 100th out of 131 in college football. So they struggled on both sides of the ball last season. Obviously, offensively, having Mahogany go down early before the season even began, that was a big loss, and the offensive line was really young last year. Trapillo gets another year now of experience. Kendall gets another year of experience, which is huge for the offensive line. And then you bring in Hergel from Texas State, a transfer offensive lineman. Now he steps in and is a starter for BC, 6'2", 3'15". Grad student, offensive lineman from Texas State. He was a four-year starter between North Dakota State and Texas State, so he has a lot of experience now. And he was actually ranked, according to the BC website, at number 20 of interior offensive lineman by PFF in the preseason uh, last year. So a pretty good offensive lineman. And even though BC... Typically has really good offensive line, you know, players over the last five, ten years. Last year was an off year for the offensive line, you know.
1: Well, the year before they had well, they had lost a lot of guys to graduation, yeah, like and, yeah. and they went to the pros if they left early. So it Variable. was it was a hole that we never fixed. Yeah, you know, we were hoping some guys would mature with the little game experience, but that didn't work out. And of course, the mahogany injury before the season started, and and Halfley never really got a chance to correct. The biggest problem, which is the offensive line. So um, we just named a few of the uh, pickups they have, and hopefully some experience is going to get guys like Trapillo and Kendall uh, up to par. I expect this team to move the ball 100% better than last year. I like what I saw in Moorhead. He's got size. He's got arm. He's got decent mobility. He can run the ball when he has to. Very strong arm. Um, yeah. I think he can make all the throws, so he just needed time. Definitely. And you can't move the ball without time. Or an offensive line. Defenses know if you can't run the ball, they don't. They don't. You know, they they just go after the pass. You
0: don't have to respect their run right. game. yeah. So I I think you don't, have
1: that's to respect all you don't respect play action. You
0: don't right. respect anything when you don't. run I think a great it's all
1: going to change, and I I expect the offense to really put up some big numbers this year, especially so, against teams that won three games last year, like Northern Illinois.
0: So yeah, BC last year we averaged about eighteen points per game, which as I said was, was one twenty two out of one thirty one in college football. I think this year they add at least ten points per game to their average. I'd say about twenty seven points per game. What would you say?
1: At least a touchdown, yeah. At
0: least a touchdown. I'd say about 27 points per game. I'd say that's pretty much where I'd put BC around for this upcoming season. But like you just said, though, we're talking Joe Griffin for a second. He had five touchdowns last year, limited opportunities, 18 catches, 234 yards, was the second-best receiver on that BC offense, even though he only played, you know, limited snaps, especially early in the season. Middle of the season is when he really started to get things going. Four catches of 50 yards against Wake Forest, three catches of 53 yards against UConn, and then even had a five-catch, 103-yard game with two touchdowns against Duke, and then even had a touchdown against NC State as well, two-yard touchdown catch there, and a big Situation.
1: And that was down at NC State, a night game. And I think NC State was at least in the top 15 at the time.
0: BC ended up winning that game, too. Yeah. 21-20. Huge. 21-20, which they only won three games. So every single win was obviously important. But that, that touchdown catch was was, clutch, was with 14 seconds clutch, left in the
1: game. Clutch. I think he's a big play guy.
0: 14 seconds left in the game. And Moorhead had a good game then. Three touchdowns, two picks, 330 yards. He shows that he can throw the ball. I mean, NC State has always had typically a good pass rush, especially good defense. It was 7-3 and three after that loss last year to BC. And last night, they actually opened up with a win over UConn. They were 14-point favorites. They ended up winning that game by 10 points, so didn't cover the spread of that one. But NC State's a good team, though. So BC beating them last year shows that offense can move the ball. We can score. Scoring 21 against them was better than the season, season average. Really average. you averaged know, 17.8 points per game. So getting 21 against NC State is definitely solid. And hopefully that's a building block. That was the end of last season. So they started to get some things going towards the end of last season. And obviously, things didn't work out. Only three wins. For a program that was averaging about six wins you know, a season, especially in the... Uh, Steve Adazio era, which last year was a tough
1: one for Jeff Halfley. Yeah, they were mostly in bowl games under Adazio, even though they didn't win them all. But I think under him they went to a bowl game just about every year till the year they fired him.
0: Yeah, even that year they still made a bowl game when they fired him.
1: Someone had to step in and coach, right.
0: They had a fair share of... Uh, Rich Gunnell stepped in and coached, right. uh, but they had a fair share of cancellations too or you know postponements, COVID situations for some of their bowl games. So they haven't really played too many bowl games in the last three or four years uh, due to lightning and you know, rain all that. But uh, as for BC's offense, they're losing Zay Flowers who had 78 catches for 1,000 yards last year, almost 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns, electric player all around. You lose him. Who's the guy in the offense that you think steps up? Joe Griffin, Jaden Williams, is it Ryan O'Keefe? Mine's Joe Griffin. I think he's a guy that's going to step up. Probably have about seven or eight touchdowns this year. I see 50 catches, let's say a 1,000 yards. Yeah, thousands a lot. Let's say 50 catches, 800 yards, eight touchdowns.
1: Big numbers. I I think Joe Griffin is the real deal. I was impressed by his, I believe, his rookie year last year. It was, yeah, freshman year. So I was impressed with him. But this guy, Ryan O'Keefe, comes up from what, Central Florida?
0: Uh, comes up from Central Florida last season at Central Florida. He had five, catch, five touchdown catches, 725 yards, 73 catches overall. In his last two years... Combined between UCF, you played 26 games, 13 and 13 in each of those two years, 812 yards, 725 yards, 84 catches, 73 catches, 7 touchdown receptions, 5 touchdown receptions. So obviously a big playmaking, wide receiver, and similar build to Zay Flowers, 5'10", 175, so similar build to Zay, and hopefully he can have a similar role in the offense. I know me and you both are hoping that.
1: I think he could either him or Joe Griffin will be the breakout receiver. Tough shoes to fill with Zay, of course, the first round pick on to the Ravens. But um O'Keefe got a lot of put up some very good numbers that you just read down there in Florida. So um him or Griffin will will definitely be uh, putting up some big numbers, I think.
0: So now we'll slide over to BC's defense, which if you look at BC's defense last year, they struggled on that side of the ball too. So it wasn't just the offense struggle, it was offense and defense collectively. And when you look at BC, India's the past they've had really good defenses. Over the years, secondary, that was always a strong suit for piece. They put guys in the NFL, Lucas Dennis even. You know, he was playing with the Falcons in the preseason this year. Ham Cheevers was a guy that was one of the best cornerbacks in the country at one point, B.C. Declan's the draft, ends up not working out, unfortunately. But he was one of the best cornerbacks in college football at one point, and I believe the 2017 season. And then they've had another fair share of guys like John Johnson III, Justin Simmons is another one. He was a great player obviously for the Broncos and his whole career he has been great in the NFL, but he started out right away as a star in the NFL and he's been getting better each and every year as well. So, what do you see for this BC defense? A lot of guys coming in that are new and then even some new faces, you know, that are freshmen, whether they're transfers freshmen and then also some guys that have been there for a while. Elijah Jones, Vinny DePalma, those two guys have been there a long time.
1: What I read in the offseason, especially uh, most recently is that that the defense they expect to be a Pretty good defense and rank highly in the ACC conference. Um, the two portal guys they picked up from the Ivy Leagues are going to definitely strengthen a secondary, which might have been a weakness last year. It was. But keep in mind that the offense struggled so badly that the defense was on the field way too much. They, they had to be exhausted. There were so many three and outs from that offense last year. So I think the defense might have been overshadowed a bit based on you know too many plays out there. Finnny DePom is a tackling machine. Shida Salam is some significant games. He when, when he's healthy, he's a great edge rusher. Yeah. Um, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback is what it's all about. So they got the tackling machine, Ezraku, I think. Donovan Ezeraku, he's right. back for another year. Yeah, so, Kim
0: Arnold, I know you're a big fan of. He's back for another year. And then if you look at the secondary, Amari Jackson is a sophomore. That's a guy that we saw ball out in the spring game. He held his own out there in the spring game heavily. So I think he's gonna be the best defensive back on this BC team this year. I like him a lot. I like Elijah Jones, too. Even though he's been there now for some time, he's had some fair share of issues with the penalties in years past. He plays hard, always gives you his all out there. We even met him. He's a nice kid. Um, we got to talk to him after the spring game. So I wish him nothing but the best out there. Never a grad student, obviously a leader in that defense. I'd say the biggest breakout player, though, in that defense, I'm going to go shoot us a he stays healthy, oh, yeah. you can see eight sacks out of him right. this upcoming season. That's
1: right. He's got all the physical tools, size and speed and strength. He just... He couldn't. He can't stay on the field too much. He's been unlucky with injuries. So let's hope this is his year to stay healthy.
0: Absolutely. If you look at what he did last year for the BC team, very limited uh, opportunities considering he did get hurt early in the season and just never could stay healthy the last couple of years, like you noted. Uh, but last year he only played in one game, just one game for BC last year. Just one game.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> big loss.
0: And had one tackle, that was it. But he is a, a player that has the build, though, of an NFL defensive lineman. Six four, two fifty three. 253. If you look at what he did over his career as a freshman in 2019, two and a half tackles for loss and a sack in six games played, two and a half sacks in year two, a sack in year three, only playing eight games though, in year three and just one game in year four. So just nine games combined over the last two seasons.
1: I think he has a similar skill set to is it Micah Parsons that's Mike? Right yeah, you on know, him. size, speed and strength. I mean he might be a step slower than him, but we've seen Sheeta allow when he's on and healthy. He he's a menace to quarterbacks in the backfield. So Definitely. he's just gotta stay on the field and again use his skill set and he's gonna disrupt so many plays, um, even knocking balls down with his size. So um I just hope he can stay healthy, and I think this defense is going to take a major step forward as well. New coordinator, I think. Yep. Um, as well as you know, offense coordinator, offensive line coach. So I, I think with this new, uh, yeah, new, new uh, regime coaching, I expect BC to have a pretty decent season. Yeah,
0: I'd agree with you on that one. Um, Azar Abdul Rahim is now the co-defensive coordinator. He got that job uh, this past winter, and then Matt Applebaum is a new offensive line coach coming over from the Miami Dolphins last year. So. Has some experience in the NFL, which helps as well. And then, like you said, they've been switching around some offensive, uh, you know, coaches. You know, whether it's offensive line coach, which now Applebaum's stepping in there. Sean Duggan, uh, co-defense coordinator. Now he's been up BC for the last few years, but now he's a co-defense coordinator along with uh, Abdul Rahim. And then they got a new associate head coach as well. He was actually in the more special assistant role in his past for Jeff Halfley for three seasons. Now he steps in as the associate head coach. Now he's going to be doing offensive development. Uh, and that's Rob Chudzinski.
1: Yeah, we're, we're hoping him to add some, add some uh, fire into the, into the game plan, yes.
0: Definitely. Yeah, He's been with BC for a while, though, now. So that's obviously good having him there now in a new role. He uh, gets an upgrade from what he was in his past. Um, and then Ezraku who's a guy you already mentioned. Led BC in tackles for a loss last year, 14 and a half, with oh, eight and a half sacks. machine. So he's a guy to watch out for. Three forced fumbles as well. He's going to get himself uh, an NFL draft uh, selection one day, I'm Hopefully sure.
1: Hopefully all-conference. Hopefully second or third team all-conference. He's, he's got a the really good conference.
0: He's got the build though to be an NFL draft pick one day. Two yeah. six two two forty, but he's got the build though, muscles wise, and very good speed rusher as well. Finds ways to be a disruptor there in the run game a lot, which BC obviously needs considering the defense did struggle last season. And you had a special comparison from, as a Raku.
1: I see a similar skill set to two BC legends that did extremely well in the pros. One is still active, and that's Matt Milano with Buffalo, another tackling machine. No matter where you put him on the field, and of course the great Lou Kigley. Who seemed to be in every running play when, when he was uh, a menace at BC with the defense? So I'm I'm hoping that, is it Ezraku? Yep, Tom Ezraku. Azaraku can continue that um, linebacker play. I expect big things from him.
0: Yeah, and he's a defensive end. He had 61 tackles, okay. which is hard to do. But regardless, like you said, I mean, they might line him up maybe. Yeah, you, you, know, can, put in you can probably put him around, yeah. I mean, that's how it typically goes now in today's day. Um, you know, college, you know, three, four system, four, three, you depending on where move you guys move. line up, yeah. Uh, so obviously the offense uh, had some changes. Now the defense as well. Uh, one guy I do like, there was Amari Jackson, though. He's a guy we did see play in the spring game. And he was a guy that definitely stood out right away. Alex Washington coming over from Harvard. He's a guy that's going to get some snaps in the defensive backfield. Uh, Jalen Cheeks, now a starter at the nickelback position there for BC. Elijah Jones, still starting. Cole Batson uh, played a lot last season. Now oh, He's the starting in free safety uh, for another season. Vinnie DePalma is back for another year. He's a grad uh, and then Cam Horsley is back for another year as well, another senior. So they have a lot of veterans there in that uh, defensive line, especially considering if you look at that defensive line, there's a lot of juniors and seniors there, especially from the linebacker to the defensive line. So the front seven, a lot of guys have experience. A grad student, Shida Salah, a senior in Cam Horsley, a junior in Donovan Ezraku, a senior in Cam Arnold, a grad student in Vinny De Palma now doing his sixth season and then a sixth season in Elijah Jones as well. So a lot of veterans there. So that should help BC's defense. And obviously, these guys know what it takes to win. They've been on some good BC teams. Obviously, last year was a struggle, but they've been on some good BC teams as well. Uh, so I'd say my breakout player on offense, I'm going to go Joe Griffin. I think a guy to keep your eye on, though, is Dino Tomlin. I think I know me and you both like Dino Tomlin. I think he's a guy to keep your eye on. Maybe gets more opportunities, gets you know himself uh, some more playing time. Taji Johnson's another guy, though. He shined a little bit in that spring game we were at. He caught a lot of balls in that. Uh, he's a guy to keep your eye on. And then one other player uh, that I mentioned was Sheeta Salah. I think he could be a great breakout player for BC's defensive line. In his last year now in college, he's going all-in trying to make the NFL. As I said, I think he has the build to be an NFL defensive lineman. I think he's going to get himself drafted uh, a year from now. I think he's going to have a big season for BC. Maybe seven, eight sacks. That would obviously be huge. Just need him to stay healthy. And then Amari Jackson, is a guy that now stepping in as a sophomore, but really his first year getting a lot of playing time will probably be this year. He's a guy that's going to be a breakout in that secondary. But any guys you want to mention that are breakout candidates for BC? Ryan O'Keefe, I know he's the guy going you to mentioned. I'm
1: say Ryan O'Keefe on the offense. I think Pat Gawo is going to return to his uh, ability like he had two years ago when he was a, a game breaker. Um, Alex Broom seemed to run the ball well too. The holes just weren't there last year. So I expect the running game with Broom and especially Gawo and Ryan O'Keefe I think they're gonna have very productive years. And on the defensive side, I'll stick with Ezraku. Ezra I know Vinny De Palma is a tackling machine and we need his uh experience in the secondary. But I, I read during the offseason that the front seven is getting some notice. So I'm I'm hoping they can stuff the run and pressure the quarterback and that a lot of that's gonna come from Ezraku. Ezra uh Cam model's got a lot of game day experience as well. So um Yeah, you like Cam Outle a lot. I, I do. I think we talked to him one time. Before or after last a game. The game. Yeah, yeah spring, so. Uh, game or something I think BC is primed to take a big step forward from that 3 and 9 season last year. I would
0: agree with you. So, we're going to give a whole preview of the schedule in just one second. Just a couple guys I want to mention on that Northern Illinois team. So, we mentioned Rocky Lombardi. Their quarterback didn't play really much last season, just four games played, uh, 645 passing yards. Five touchdown passes in a pick. Does run the ball a little bit. Uh, did have a rushing touchdown last year, but he's more of a passer, you know, from the pocket there. But Ontario uh, Brown was their leading rusher last year, 689 yards, uh, which was actually second on the team in rushing yards. He was number one in rushing uh, touchdowns with seven uh, in last year's season. And then they also bring back. A couple of their best defensive players, Devontae O'Malley, who was one of their best players uh, with seven tackles or loss last season and five and a half sacks, which led them on defense. And they also bring back a cornerback or a safety or defensive back here at C.J. Brown. It's a safety, 76 tackles, which led the team also with a pick last year with a 29-yard return, five passes defended, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble as well. So even though they did struggle last season, they have some plays you have to watch out for there, and obviously one guy's Devontae O'Malley. BC struggling the offensive line last year, so pass rushing was obviously a big issue for BC. We're trying to stop guys like Devontae O'Malley, who, let's see his build here, 6'2", 265. So a bigger guy last year at five and a half sacks, four sacks the year before. So he's had a lot of production on that defensive line for Northern Illinois over the last couple seasons. That's a guy to watch out for. And then, like I said, maybe CJ Brown in the defensive backfield. He's a safety there for Northern Illinois, Two years ago, at 107 tackles, last year at 76 tackles, so he's a tackling machine. He's a guy to obviously keep your eye on. And if Emmett Moorhead has some lazy passes like he did last year, he could be a guy that picks off a pass. And Moorehead obviously has to be smart. Last year, he did have some questionable passes.
1: No, I think Moorhead has to, you know, definitely take care of the ball this year. I think he was under duress a lot last year. If he made a bad throw, or he threw into coverage. Um, I like his um, ability. I think he can make any kind of pass. Definitely has the strength to go deep, and I like his touch passes as well. He, I think he got to you know, maybe make better decisions and not throw into coverage, and I like his mobility. He's not afraid if he has to tuck it and run. He certainly has the wheels to do that. Um, I'm expecting big things from him this year.
0: So last year he was uh, 59% completion percentage, just about, just about 60, 59.9%, 1,254 passing yards, 10 passing touchdowns, 6 picks. So what do you think for stat line from this upcoming season, just maybe touchdowns to picks? I'd say if BC has a really good year on offense, which I think they can recover and get themselves back on track, I could see 25 passing touchdowns out of them. I'd say 25 touchdowns, maybe 12 picks, which 12 picks, you don't maybe that's not the best ratio, like two touchdowns to interceptions, really. But at the end of the day, this offense is gonna have to take some shots downfield and move the ball. The running backs do struggle like they did last year. You're gonna have to really rely on the pass game. I'm gonna say 25 touchdowns, 12 picks or more head. Hopefully gets that completion percentage up a little bit. I'd like maybe 63%, maybe 64% but we'll see how he does what would you say for prediction for Moorhead this year
1: i would say that's that's the same ceiling i'm looking at i i figure he can throw for hopefully two touchdowns a game which would um what would that average out there's how many games we got 12, Twelve. So 24 so, yeah 24 and hopefully protect the ball there's always one that's going to you He's know be, the the, too. be a receiver that might you know drop it and then it's picked off so i'd Check say that. like 24 and 10 would be a, a pretty positive year and a big step up for um, where we were last year. Yeah, yeah,
0: From where we were last year, especially. But they lose some guys as well. So he mentioned Zay Flowers, that's a loss. Phil Djokovic goes over to Pittsburgh, which he lost a starting Roll anyways. Moorhead took over midway through the season. Uh, but Djokovic did struggle last year. Eight games played, 11 touchdowns, eight picks. He was really good his first couple of years at BC, especially his first year at Boston College in 2020. 17 touchdowns, five picks. Then in 2021, played just six games, seven touchdowns, four picks. And then in 2022, 11 touchdowns, eight picks. So he finished in his last two years at BC, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And that's a guy that people had high expectations for, especially after that 2020 season. I always said, though, I thought Anthony Brown was a better quarterback. Because if you look at where BC was with Anthony Brown, I know the run game BC relied on heavily with A.J. Dillon. But we were a ranked team, and Anthony Brown was a very good quarterback for BC consistently year in and year out. I saw him. Over the past few years, Djokovic making some sloppy passes, throwing the ball early in the game. First play of the game, throwing picks. Just forcing passes when you don't need to early in the game.
1: Yeah, twice last. I can remember the, the Florida State game and the Virginia Tech game. Seems like we were down 14 nothing, and the national anthem was still being sung.
0: Yeah, it was right away. 14-0? Bad passes. Both games. You don't need to force passes in the first play sixes. of the game. Yeah. Pick sixes. And if they weren't, they were brought back pretty close. That can't happen. 100%. Put you in a hole. But now we start with Pittsburgh. BC will actually end up playing Pittsburgh later on in the season, November on a Thursday night at Pittsburgh, though, so he won't be coming back to BC. But he'll get a chance to play his former teammates, uh, which will probably be a cool game for him and obviously the BC guys that he's friends with. Uh, but now we'll give a breakdown of the schedule maybe and talk about what we think in each game. So we'll start off Northern Illinois, which is tomorrow. BC playing them at 12 o'clock. I think BC wins this game. I think it could be... A close game, but I don't think it should be. I think BC should win this game by ten or more. I'm going to take BC thirty to seventeen in this game. You don't have to put you know points if you don't want. You can just say win loss for all these games. But what do you think though for this game tomorrow for BC? You think they get the win, of course, right?
1: I, I think they get the win in the and uh, and they cover the nine and a half. I, I think their athleticism will wear this team down, and in the second second half they should pull away and win by two touchdowns. And they're one of
0: the worst teams in the MAC last year. At Niu, so it's not like they're one of the top teams. It's not like it's Toledo or Ohio, two teams that could score the ball and play defense. Neither one of these teams, uh, which BC struggled last year defensively, same thing with the Northern Illinois. So they're both coming into the season trying to get themselves back on track, but I think BC has a better team. They both have things to prove on both sides of the ball, but I'm going to go with BC winning this game by 13. Then next Saturday, BC plays Holy Cross. Win or loss to BC in your eyes?
1: It better be a win or else this season. We'll be on a disastrous track again. I I mean, the the athletes on our team should certainly outnumber the athletes in Holy Cross. I think BC could have a field day scoring points. I know Holy Cross had a really good year last year, but let's face it. It's uh, apples and oranges, BC football to Holy Cross football. I don't don't know if they'll win by three touchdowns, but they should again win by a couple touchdowns, and uh, it shouldn't be that close. Well, if you look at
0: BC, they ended up playing against Holy Cross for a couple of seasons. They played them, I believe it was in 2018. AJ Dillon had an absolute field day of a game, but I think he only had seven or eight carries. BC ended up winning that game 62 to 14. It was the second game of the year for BC. We were both at that game, so it's going to be the second game of the season this year as well. But BC was up right away 21 to nothing after the first quarter. 13 they scored in the second quarter. So it was 34 to nothing BC after the first half, which. Then Holy Cross ended up having a blocked punt for touchdown, uh, which was good for them. I'm happy they at least scored some points in that game. You know, you obviously want them to be able to go home and at least say, you know, we scored a point or two. I don't, obviously I want BC to win the game, but at least give them something to at least be happy with going home. You know what I mean? They're a team that really put things together now over the last year, but uh, obviously now BC doesn't have to hand touchdowns away. In that game, I mean, they had a blocked punt for touchdown, and that was basically all they scored. They scored one other touchdown besides that.
1: I, I think BC, again, should, should win easily by a couple of touchdowns against this team and have no problem moving the ball.
0: I would agree with you. Let me give you the stat line of A.J. Dillon that day. Uh, let me give you a look here. A.J. Dillon had three touchdowns in the first quarter, seven yards, 74 yards, and seven yards, which I remember the 74-yard touchdown when he made three or four guys miss up the right sidelines. Uh, nobody could really touch him 100%. Uh, I feel at BC on that day, 245 passing yards to 66 for Holy Cross. 365 rushing yards to BC to 128 for Holy Cross.
1: 610 to
0: 194 total yards on offense. BC just really took the game away, obviously, on the ground. A.J. Dillon finished that day on the ground just unstoppable. Had six carries for 149 yards and three touchdowns. Average 24.8 yards a carry.
1: I never heard a number so big in my life. 24 yards a pop. That's ridiculous.
0: Anthony Brown only had to throw two passes in the first quarter. I mean, I think he was out by midway through the second. Two for two passing, 43 yards, and no touchdowns. They didn't even have a passing touchdown from Anthony Brown in this game. There were two by Matt McDonald, who ended up transferring to Bowling Green, and then two by E.J. Perry in this game. But their backups played pretty early in this game, so we'll see what is the case in that game next week. But I think BC will probably have to keep their starters in longer than they did in that game. Holy Cross last year did have a good season. They were 12 and 1. As an FCS school, they actually ended up making it to the FCS tournament, losing to the number one team, South Dakota State, uh, in that tournament, which was obviously tough, but a great season for them. They actually ended up winning 12 games, really turned the program around. There were rumors at one point, if Jeff Halfley were to leave, that BC would pick up that head coach and bring him in to be theirs. But obviously, Jeff Halfley now gets another season, which what do you think about Jeff Halfley's future? BC has to win probably six games from to stay probably another season, right?
1: Yeah, I think they got to hit that magic number and uh, go to a bowl game. I think that would solidify his uh, tenure going forward. I, I expect them to make a bowl this year and keep Halfley and all this talk that he's on the hot seat w- should go away. He's, he's a good guy and a good coach.
0: Well, he did sign that five-year extension now just about two years ago almost, and it was an extension through the 2026 season. So not going to cut him and let him loose just to do it because then you still have to pay him that money.
1: Very unlikely that they would let him go, even in a disastrous season. Um, but I don't want him to carry that wherever year round.
0: I don't think he'll end up getting fired. If BC wins seven games this year, he'll be back, I'd say, for another season. But the head coach for Holy Cross is Bob Chesney. He was hired by them in 2017, and he's really turned the program around. He's 37 and 17 with Holy Cross as the head coach. 12 and 1 last year, and then 10 and 3 in 2021. So, two really good seasons in a row. They've made the NCAA FCS tournament four years in a row. Four years in a row. Losing in the first round in 2019 and 2020 losing in the second round in 2021, and then losing in the quarterfinal in 2022. So very impressive. Very impressive. They actually were sixth at one point in the rankings last year. So they had a very good season overall.
1: I, I had read something early in the offseason that if, if Halfley did get fired, I think that I heard that Chesney would be a guy they would be interested in in filling Halfley's shoes if he was to let me let go.
0: Yeah, so we'll see what happens in this game. I think it would be a little bit closer than those years past. I, would, I originally said 44-27. I'm going to go 48-27 BC. So I think they should win by about two or three touchdowns maybe in this game. Hopefully.
1: I like that. I think they're going to light up the scoreboard. So um, they should probably win by, you know, two or three touchdowns. I I would agree.
0: And then September 16th, Florida State, one of the best programs in the country. I have BC losing this game, unfortunately, 41-20. What do you think? BC wins or loses this game. It's a tough one to bet against Florida State.
1: You can't. Yeah, it's unrealistic to think that BC could win this game. Florida State really turned their program around. It was probably like five years ago when Adazio lit them up on a Thursday or Friday night, the like
0: Friday night game at BC,
1: thirty-five to three, I think. And look how far back Florida State has come. Jordan Travis is a legitimate Heisman candidate. I like what the coach has done. I think they're a top-five team this year. I think BC will struggle because Florida State usually brings the athlete and uh, the athletes. It's it's speed. It's it, it's their defensive speed. BC will struggle offensively. I think that they won't put up more than, like, 17 points, and Florida State should probably score, like, 34. I would say 34-17, Florida State.
0: If you look at Florida State now, they have one of the best pass rushers in the country, Jared Verse, a defensive end that's going to be a top pick in the NFL draft this upcoming year in April. And then, if you look at it, the quarterback as well, Travis is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Heisman candidate. And he's been great over the last couple of seasons, especially last year, took a great step up last year of getting his game better. But like you said, 35-3 is what BC beat Florida State. As a score in 2017, you nailed that. October 27, 2017, BC won their third game straight, beating them 35-3. to A.J. Dillon, 149 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Which you called that, though. Which that was BC's first win over Florida State since 2009,
1: when they won in 2017. remember that the the school led us on the field. That's when we met uh, Hasselbeck and... um, Chris Lindstrom. Lindstrom. Lindstrom, who became a first-round draft pick of the Falcons uh, that spring.
0: And we got a picture with John Hilleman, Anthony Brown... Tommy Sweeney, I even saw on the field that day. Eddie yeah, Fish. Beck, yeah. Matt, Hasselbeck. Matt Hasselbeck from ESPN a couple was other there, ones. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Lucas Dennis, we got a picture with? Yeah, from Everett. Yeah, right. Met Lucas Dennis. So that was cool. That was a good game. But I'm going to go BC losing that one 41-20 in this year's game against Florida State. I think it to be a tough one. They're one of the top programs in the country. Tough to really bet against them in this game. September 23rd at Louisville. This could be a close game. They're pretty much evenly matched. I'm going to go Louisville, though, winning this one since they're home 30-20. to
1: I don't know what Louisville did in the offseason, but I think I'm reading really good things about them. So it, it might be a struggle for BC, but replacing Malik Cunningham, I don't even know who their quarterback is. But um, They had a transfer come in. I think Louisville uh, maybe turned the corner, to, you know, because I think they were down a few years ago, especially when A.J. Dillon went down there. I think he scored five touchdowns in one game down there. 2018 it, it was. 2018, yeah. so I think they've turned their program around. I think BC is going to struggle. But I'm not going to count them out. I think BC could squeak one out like 23 to 20. So I'm going to go out on the limb and say BC is going to squeak them out, squeak it out 23 20.
0: All right, so you have BC winning that game, which That's it was actually crazy. 2017 when AJ Dunn went down. They had the big breakout game against Louisville, where so that great run on the sidelines, taken, I think it was Chucky Williams, a defensive back for just Louisville, and just threw him to the side and just went to the house. Uh, which was a crazy game. Uh, He really broke out. Yeah, BC broke out that game. Won on a field goal, too, if I remember right. Colton Lichtenberg, right, with the game. They let him
1: back in the game. He scored, like, five touchdowns. He scored 50 points. Beat Lamar Jackson. That's right. They barely won the game, but it was Lamar Jackson. So for
0: Louisville, they got a new quarterback now, Jack Plummer. He's a transfer from Cal. Also played four years at Purdue. Started 12 games last year at Cal. Where he threw 21 touchdowns, had nine picks, and 3,100 passing yards. Let's see his rushing stats here. Had one rushing touchdown. Doesn't seem like he's a mobile quarterback, though, here looking at his stats. 6'5, 220. Probably is a big arm to imagine. Now his third school, though, Purdue. UCAL, Berkeley, and now going to Louisville. And they have a new head coach as well. So they have a lot of turnaround here for Louisville. Losing Malik Cunningham, one of the best college quarterbacks of the last couple of years, especially mobility-wise. Just electric quarterback to watch. Had the pleasure of meeting him last year when he was walking in to play BC. Uh, but I'm going to go BC losing this game, a close one on the road. I'm going go to go 30-20 to Louisville. And then Virginia. BC should win this game. I have BC winning that game on September 30th at home, 32-17. What do you think about this game? BC should win?
1: I feel the same way. What I read about Virginia this offseason is that they're going to struggle this year. I think they're picked either last or next to last in the conference. So BC should win this game. I don't think they'll have any trouble moving the ball. I think Virginia will struggle offensively. I expect BC to win something like 27 to 10.
0: Okay, I got BC winners on 32-17. So we're going to win either way. Then Army on the road October 7th. They run an offense that's very different than anything BC is going to play this year and probably many years past. They probably haven't played an offense like this for Ami. An offense that likes to run the ball a lot. They love running a triple option and varying and, you know, all that, you know, deception, trying to get the defense to not be ready, you know, knowing where the ball is, uh, which it's very different than what BC plays again. So it might be a, it's going to be a low score game, I'm sure, but I think BC ends up winning this one 20-14. What do you think, though? It's on the road
1: at Ami. I, I agree it's going to be a low-scoring game. Army likes to keep the time of possession in their favor. Basically, they, they might throw the ball five times in a game. They might go far on fourth down several times. But you've got to figure BC's run defense is going to step up here. And I think the offense should be able to move the ball. I don't think it'll be as close as some people think. I think BC will be able to move the ball and probably win like 24 to 13.
0: And I think Rocker probably could have a big game that day, probably like eight tackles considering if they run the ball 100 times. I, I mean, he's going he's gonna to have eight tackles if they run the ball 100 times, uh, which we'll see what they do in that game. Uh, and then BC is a bye week in the October 14th week. So then October 21st, they return back playing now at Georgia Tech, though. I think BC wins this one 27-13 on the road. I think it'll be a close game. Georgia Tech has started in the ES Pass, but they, they're, getting, they're getting some praise to be a better team this year than they've been. There's going to be some improvement, people say. So we'll see what they do. IBC winning this one, though, 27-23.
1: I think BC should cover this game easy. It's hard to predict what the line would be uh, two months from now, but BC should have a um, have their way with them. I think should they can get the move win the right? ball. I think they can win this game by a touchdown easy.
0: And then BC hosts UConn October twenty eighth right before Halloween, so Halloween weekend there. IBC losing this game, which it's crazy to say because BC lost them last year as well, and that was really before BC got themselves back on track, like I think they're going to this year, which last year they struggled with they 3-9. I think they got themselves back on track this season. But UConn did just pick up from a main quarterback, Joe Finiano. They only lost by 10 last night to NC State. Played them pretty close, played them pretty hard, losing that game 24-14. to 14. I think they're going to be in this game, UConn, and I think it's going to be an upset loss there for BC, unfortunately. I'm going to go 24-20 UConn. I think UConn, they've got themselves back on track over the last couple of seasons. Jim Mora has been a great head coach for them. They bring in Fagnano at quarterback, who gave BC a little bit of struggle there in the first half when Maine came to BC last year in September. I'm going to go UConn winning this one 24-20. What do you got?
1: I, I agree with your assessment. I think Connecticut with Mora is a very good team, as evidenced last night in their... Uh, kept it close with NC State. Yeah, NC State, which was a ranked team for most of last year. Till the quarterback went down, Devin Leary. Leary, But I'm still going to pick BC to win this game. Payback's got to be the ultimate reason. I mean, losing to Connecticut last year, I think they were embarrassed at UConn. They might have only got a field goal in that game. Maybe you know, and they and they lost. It wasn't even that close. Maybe like a thirteen to three. That's got to be enough motivation. Nailed it.
0: Thirteen to three, October 29th. Wow, you nailed that.
1: I think BC's got to use that as a driving force to, to get revenge. So I think they're going to pull this one out. It's going to be a close game, definitely a one-score game, probably low scoring. I would say BC should win this game 20-17. to 17.
0: And the interesting thing is last year BC had five turnovers in that game, five turnovers. So they lose that game thirteen to three. That was the first time UConn ever beat BC. Yeah. So that's that's tough. Obviously, yeah. we've played them in years past. One time at Fenway, I remember John Hilleman had a big game right. running the ball against yeah. them. Same thing with AJ Damon. I think it was in twenty seventeen, if I remember right. Uh, but hopefully, BC can get that win. But I think it's gonna be a close one. I'm gonna go with an upset loss there. But I have BC winning some games. You know that are close ones, like let's say. I think they could be Georgia Tech. I think it's going to be a close game. So I've been winning some close games as well. Uh, The week after that UConn game, they go to Syracuse, November 3rd. IBC winning this one, 27-24. Another close win for BC. Some people have Syracuse being decent this year. They got Schrader back at quarterback. Garrett Schrader was a quarterback before. He's now back as a quarterback this upcoming season. We'll see what they do. IBC winning this one, though, and a close one, 27-24.
1: I think a lot depends on how Syracuse is going to be this year. They say that the coach Dino Babers is on the hot seat. If their season's over by then, I say BC wins. But if they're in contention for you know a five hundred record or better, um, Syracuse could pull this game out. BC struggled with them several times. Is that great running back still there? Sean Tucker, I believe he is. Yeah, gone. he's he's the, oh he's gone. If he's gone, I like BC's chances um, a little better. But boy, he lit them he lit BC up a few times. In the last couple of years, and they struggled with them.
0: Schrader sure, did as well, though. He had 17 gosh. passing touchdowns the last year, seven picks. In the 2021 season, so two years ago, BC played them and he lit them up with Sean Tucker, 14 rushing touchdowns from 781 rushing out. So they're going to struggle probably in that game stopping him. You need the linebackers to be able to tackle well. Cam Arnold, a couple other guys, Bryce Steele, those guys have to be able to tackle well in that game because once he misses, one, one, once one guy misses, it could be daylight considering how good of a runner he is. He's only he's 6'4, 230. You wouldn't think he's a good runner, but he is.
1: I'm. I'm going to stay with BC. Um, if, if Tuck is gone, I know Schrade is dangerous, and they struggled with him, but. I know we were talking about Schrader being dangerous,
0: but with Tucker being gone, it's obviously a big loss there for that Syracuse offense. Ended up getting signed as an undrafted free agent with the Tampa Bay Bucks, it looks like here. But he was great as a running back for Syracuse. I know I just broke down some of the stats. I had to rewind it, though, since I messed up one of the stats. So I'm going to repeat them really quick to give you a breakdown of how good he was in his days at Syracuse, which he really lit up BC. Uh, In the 2021 season, though, 1,500 rushing yards almost with 12 touchdowns on the ground, adding in two touchdown receptions that year. And then last year... 1,000 yards on the ground, 11 rushing touchdowns, two touchdowns in the air, 36 receptions, 56 total receptions over his last two years at Syracuse with just about 23 rushing touchdowns and four touchdown receptions. So 27 total touchdowns over his last two years at Syracuse. He's dangerous, but with him not being there, you like BC to win this game.
1: I think BC is going to win this game. Um, again, probably some revenge should motivate them. I'll say BC can win this game like 24-17.
0: I got them winning 27-24. I'm just doing some you know, score predictions here, just a fun figure. We'll see how they look over the season when we get close uh, you know, each, to each of these games. We'll obviously keep you guys updated with recaps. But uh, the next game after that is Virginia Tech-BC hosts them on November 11th. I believe that's a night game. Yeah. So BC usually gets up for the night games, except that Kansas game of 2019 was a tough one. And then they lost to Clemson last year on a night game, lost to Duke last year on a night game. So last year it was tough on night games. It did not meet Maine, though on a night game, which was nice. But BC has struggled with night games over the last year. But in years past, that's where they typically thrived. Miami, they beat in a big night game. That same season, they beat Florida State in 2017. Maybe BC gets some luck in this night game. I'm going to go BC winning this one. Dirty 1-20 over Virginia Tech. What do you think? BC wins or loses?
1: I think they got to get revenge. They went down there like on a Friday night last year or a Saturday night down there at Virginia Tech. That was one of the games we were down 14 nothing, and they were still singing their fight song. um, Yeah, coming out of the locker room, basically. Yeah, the fight song by what was the... uh, 27 to 10
0: they won that game, by the way.
1: Yeah, so I I think BC's going to handle them and lay a whooping on them. I don't think Virginia Tech's got it right since Frank Bima left. I think BC can win this game like 30 to 13.
0: And I just looked it up, their fight song that they bring everyone out to, the hype song.
1: Metallica, Sandman. Yep. Same as Mariano Rivera for the Yankees. Great tune. Yeah, the crowd is nuts down there. Yes. So i got Tech
0: losing this game to BC 31-20. They've had a lot of great stuff for Virginia Tech over the years. Michael, Michael Vick. Vick, David Wilson for New York, <laughs> York Giant, Giant right, running back there. Um, Pittsburgh, BC goes and faces them on a Thursday night at Pittsburgh, November 16th. I think BC loses this game on the road 24-13. to
1: It's a short week going on the road. Pittsburgh had a pretty good year last year. Djokovic, year this year. ought to yeah, be up, but- up for us. Um, I'm going to have to say Pittsburgh's going to win this game. Probably twenty-seven to seventeen.
0: Okay, I'm going to go twenty-four thirteen Pittsburgh. Then the last game of the year at Miami, November twenty-fourth. I'm going to go BC losing this game twenty-seven to sixteen. Could be a tough one, uh, but you know we'll see how things go. What do you think about that Miami game to finish out the season?
1: It's it's the perfect story. It's it's the anniversary of the Flutie Hail Mary to Gerard Phelan the Friday after Thanksgiving uh, down in Miami with Bernie Kosar and and the Great Hurricane Team. But Miami has made some good strides going forward lately. I think they got a we know they got a new A D and they got a new coach the last couple of years. So I think Miami's probably gonna beat BC. I think team speed will be a big advantage as it usually is when you get down south. I'll have to say Miami's gonna win this game thirty-one to seventeen.
0: So last couple of years for them they have been good. They were six and six in the regular season in 20, 2019, it was. Uh, 2018, they finished 7-6, and six. 2019 finishing 6-7, and seven, but they got a bowl game, 2020, 8-3, got a bowl game there as well, 2021, 7-5, and five. once again, another year with the bowl game, last year, just 5-10, but they have gotten back on track, though, in years past, so there could be a dangerous game there for BC, but you got Miami winning that game
1: over BC. I do, so I think that's going to give me, a, is it a 9-3 and three record, I guess? No, so let's look,
0: so you have BC beating Northern Illinois, Holy Cross, losing to Florida State, oh losing, beating Louisville, you have them, so you got 3-1 and one there. Beating Virginia four and one, beating Army five and one, yeah. beating Virginia Tech, or Georgia Tech it is, excuse me six and one, losing to UConn, yeah. so it's six and two, beating Syracuse seven and two, beating Virginia Tech eight and two, losing to Pittsburgh eight and three, and then you have the beating Miami,
1: correct? Or you have them losing to Miami, no, I'm
0: losing to Miami, okay, so that's eight and four, is eight. that eight and four? Okay, you have them at eight and four.
1: That would certainly be a step up from a three and nine season and save Halfley his job. I think they can put it together. I'm expecting an eight and four season and a, and a nice bowl bid.
0: So you have BC losing two during the season: Pittsburgh, Miami, and Florida State. And UConn, 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 and
1: UConn. Yeah, UConn, UConn, UConn winning that
0: game. Okay. Upset so you have BC at eight and four. Yeah. I have BC at seven and five. I have them beating Northern Illinois, beating Holy Cross, losing to Florida State, losing to Louisville, beating Virginia, beating Army, beating Georgia Tech, losing to UConn in a close game, beating Syracuse, beating Virginia Tech. Losing to Pittsburgh, losing to Miami, so I got them at seven and five, eight and four could happen. though. They could win that game against UConn or Louisville and be eight and four.
1: I read everything in the off season. Some some prognosticators have them going ten and two, which I see as as a remote possibility. But if they beat again, UConn
0: and they beat let's say Miami.
1: You never know. They have one of the easiest schedules in foot in college football and again some people what the over and under vegas total is like five and a five half five and a half so that that's very little respect and a billion an in, increase from last year's three and nine season so there, there's a, a lot of room for improvement if they're healthy i think they're going to get confident i can see this team winning eight games this year and going to a very good ball game
0: so you got eight and four is your prediction correct Eight and four is my prediction so losses just run over them one more time you are losing to pittsburgh You've been beating Miami though, correct? No. Are you losing to Miami? Miami. So yeah. losing to Miami, losing to Pittsburgh, losing to UConn, it is, and then losing to Florida State. Those are your four losses, correct?
1: Yeah. If I had a chance to take a mulligan here and change something, I'll say they could lose to Louisville and then beat UConn. So either way, I'm going. Eight and four. Eight and four. Okay. So you'll switch
0: it around maybe, yeah. see how things go. Those are toss-ups, yeah, you know, regardless. I'm going to stay with mine, seven and five. But I think eight and four is likely because I think there is a chance they could I win think that game in Louisville. Right? I, think it's, I think it could happen. I think it legitimately could happen.
1: They have to beat the teams that they're, they're going to be favored over. Every every one of these early games got Florida State. I mean, there's no reason why they, they can't be like four and one going into the next month. I mean, Holy Cross, Northern Illinois, they're going to be favored con- considerably over both of those teams. Obviously, Florida State will struggle. Louisville, again, that's a toss-up. Virginia and Army, they're going to be favorites over them. Georgia Tech favorites, UConn favorites, Syracuse possible favorite, Virginia Tech favorite, and they should be at Dogs against Pittsburgh and Miami. So I think they should be able to get their eight wins. I'm going to say eight and four. Put that on my record, 8-4 and four BC this year.
0: And I'm going to go 7-5, which we did, you know, the win-loss predictions here just to, you know, keep track of it over the season. We did the score predictions just for fun, see how things work out. Maybe we have a, you know, nail a score to be funny uh, if you ever get one right. Uh, but anyways, that'll conclude this episode. But, Paul, thank you so much for coming on, talking BC football. I know you're excited for the game tomorrow. Who's your one guy that's going to score a touchdown for BC
1: tomorrow? Can you pick a receiver, a running back? Do you, do you lock in on scoring a oh, I, I would go to the bank right now on Joe Griffin. and I'll give you two. Bonus pick, Pat Gallo. We'll run one in. Guarantee that. Two touchdowns right there, one each.
0: Okay, I'll go O'Keefe and I'll go Dino Tomlin. I'll go Dino Tomlin touchdown, which probably a long shot there, but I think he's going to have a good game. And I'd go one defensive player that's going to make a big play tomorrow. I'm going
1: to go a sack by Sheeta Salah. I agree. Sheeta Salah's got to be hungry. You have to play in only one game last year. He knows what his skill set is. He's got the speed, he's got the strength. I expect him to have a couple of sacks, maybe bat down a few balls, maybe a sack. I expect a big game defensively from Sheeta Salah.
0: Which I would hope, considering he's been hurt the last couple of years and we know how much he wants to play and get out there. And then Amari Jackson, if there is a pick off there, by the BC secondary, he's my guy that's gonna get a pick.
1: I like I like I, I I agree with that. Maybe Vinny De Palma might get a deflection, but you know he's gonna take somebody out. De Palma's a tackling machine. Um I can see him getting his hands on a ball especially on a deflected ball. He's got good instincts. Um so I'm gonna go Vinnie De Palma.
0: Okay, so you have Vinnie De Palma. With throwing in, uh, Rocky Lombardi, the quarterback for Northern Illinois, throwing a pick to Vinnie De Palma. And then... Uh,
1: Sacked by Solar.
0: So you got a sack by Solar, a big player, Vinny De Palma, getting an interception. And then I got Amari Jackson in BC's defensive backfield getting a big interception. So we'll see what happens in the game. I New York side, just to get back to Alumni Stadium, as I am as well, missing BC every day, don't we? But uh,
1: we can't wait. Can't wait. Great weather. What a weekend. Starting college football with my Eagles. I can't wait. I'd even suit up. If they ask me. If they need you out there for punt returns and practice. I'm there. I'm ready. I'll be there at 9.30 on the field returning punts in practice. I know. Um, you'd want nothing more than that. I'll take a hit for them. Absolutely put my pads on, yes. You can't wait to ship it up to, up to Boston with them coming out yeah, of the locker room come tomorrow. out of the tunnel with the fireworks going off, halfway leading them out there. The crowd's going to be raucous. They can't wait. Students are back. Nothing better than the super fans with uh, the killers going off at halftime. Right Mr. Brideside. Right Mr. Yep, yep. Mr. Brideside by the killers. Yep, and pageantry is unmatched.
0: We can't wait. So we'll be psyched. We'll give you guys a recap of the game probably over the weekend. And then next week, the New York Giants start Sunday Night Football. So a week from this coming Sunday. So we'll give a whole preview of that Giants season at some point. But anyways, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you, Paul, for coming on. Much appreciated. Always a pleasure, Joe. Go Eagles. Paul the Sports Wizard. What a pleasure it is to have him on here. Much appreciated, guys, for listening. Thank you, guys. Have a great long weekend. Take it easy. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.